0: Support for Elwood City Limits is brought to you by Facebook. Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. Twitter. At ECL Podcast. Tumblr. ElwoodCityLimits.tumblr.com. Instagram. At Elwood City Limits. And through email. ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. And from listeners like you. Thank you. Hello from the snowy, frozen land of Eastern Canada. This is Will Young. Hi, everybody, and welcome to, uh, well, a little bit of another side uh, venture here for Elwood City Limits. Thanks a lot for listening. Hope that your uh, week has been not as fraught with weather as mine has been. Uh, A lot of sub-zero temperatures. We're talking, in Celsius here, minus 15 degrees. In the wind chill, it's been not great. But what has been great is, well, uh, the Arthur adventures being had this week. Uh, so yeah, this is a little bit of a different thing. Unfortunately, uh, due to Lucas and I, our work schedule, our work and school schedules, uh, we have not had a lot of time recently to be able to sit down together and do a full recording. Of an Elwood City Limits episode, and for that I th- I think we both uh, ap- apologize. Um, you know, life gets in the way sometimes, and uh, especially to our to our patrons who uh, who donate generously every month, and we are really thankful to them for that. So we want to make sure to keep the content coming, even if it's not strictly an Elwood City Limits episode. It was going to be a uh, a look at. The Boy Who Cried Comet and Arthur and Los Vecinos, which is next on our ECL timeline, uh, with friend of the show and former guest, Susan Velasquez. You may have heard her on Arthur's New Friend Andy. That was a great episode. I really like that one. We recorded a great episode last night. Uh, I loved talking with Susan about it. She's got some really great thoughts, especially when it comes to Arthur and Los Vecinos, since uh, Susan is Mexican-American. However, unfortunately, and unfortunately, the audio that we recorded ended up being unusable, really, really bad, and th- it's the first time that's ever happened. It's a, li- and uh, I'm afraid that it was to the point where it was unsalvageable. So for that, we, uh, I apologize, um, Susan. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for being on the show, uh, even if nobody got to hear it. It was great being able to talk uh, with uh, with Arth- about Susan with Arthur. No, <laughs> I'm sorry about Arthur with Susan. I was I haven't I have no, I'd love to talk with Arthur. Um, yeah, so unfortunately, that means that there is not going to be a new episode this week. And Lucas and I will be doing our own take on the boy who cried comet and Arthur and Los Susinos, and we will do our best to incorporate Susan's thoughts as well uh, the next time we record. But that means no new episode, and with the timeline being the way it is, Lucas and I do not have time to do a a filibuster, which, if you're not aware, is the supplementary podcast that we do on the weeks where we aren't able to record a full episode of Elwood City Limits. That's for our Patreon Patreon listeners. Uh, If you are a dollar or a month... Oh my goodness, I can't talk this morning, and I and I host a podcast for goodness sakes, a podcast that some people are generous enough to pay for, over at patreon.com slash Limits. All it takes is a dollar a month, you get access to all of our commentaries, all of our uh, filibuster episodes, which is where we talk about the things uh, that we're doing that week. Video games, anime, books, movies, all that kind of stuff, music and more. Uh, they're really fun to listen to. It's actually a great way to check in uh, with Lucas, uh, who I don't get to see very much, and uh, I always like to know what he's up to. Uh, yes, but we weren't able to do one of those this week because, again, of the time crunch. So then I was thinking well, gosh, I really don't want to not do something. And then I thought, well, go- Well, gosh, our-, our email is looking pretty cramped. There's a lot of emails that have gone unattended to. And I think it's about time that we answer some of those. So this is the first ever Elwood City Limits mailbag special. We've got some unanswered email that have been sent to elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com that I would really like to talk about because I don't want to leave you loyal listeners hanging. Now, unfortunately, uh, Lucas is not here with me, but uh, if there's anything that you uh, especially want to ask Lucas in a future email, make sure to let me know. I, t- I took a scan through all of them. Uh, I'll kind of get his thoughts on maybe a couple of things. But uh, if you don't mind, I'll uh, I'll take over from here. And uh, we can reconvene about anything that may concern the both of us very soon. This first one comes to us from Amelia at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. It's co- titled Prunella's Special Edition. And it starts off hot. Hi, guys. First off, all caps. Arthur is absolutely all caps. A Hufflepuff. Okay. Uh, the case can be made. I, I'm going to say the case can be made, and uh, I'd be willing to listen to. Uh, I'd be willing to listen to exactly why. Uh, if anybody's not aware, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago. Uh, I'm currently in my re-read of the Harry Potter series. I'm a Goblet of Fire. It's going great. Uh, we talked about Hogwarts house sorting for the Arthur characters. I was, I am pretty convinced that Arthur's a Gryffindor, uh, but Hufflepuff, I think, would be... I, we're, we're kind of uh, in between here. Thankfully, we can't go like, oh, half Gryffindor, half Hufflepuff. No, we're not doing that. So, uh, Amelia, I'd love to know uh, I'd love for you to make a make an argument. Why? Why? What uh, qualities about Hufflepuff does Arthur exemplify? He is very kind. Uh, he's generous. Uh, I, I I just find that he is also uh, by turns very brave. And also, I just, I just feel like, you know, the main character is usually a Gryffindor, but uh, I'd definitely be willing to listen to arguments. And second, this is from Amelia's email, can we talk about the one real Arthur OTP, Marina slash Prunella? They have such a good relationship, and she makes Prunella a better person. And it kickstarts the Prunella face turn that was desperately needed. I love this paragraph. Great thinking, Amelia. I can't wait to see more of Marina. I'm so happy that she's here. And uh, I don't have a lot of memories of her from when I was originally watching, but I am very excited to see what she adds to the Prunella dynamic. I'm open to the Prunella face turn. I want I, 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 I want her to come home. Come home, Prunella. Come home. Thank you, Amelia. Our next email. Thoughts on Arthur Season 6 from Aaron. Dear Elwood City Limits group Although Prunella's special edition and The Secret Life of Dogs and Babies are two of my least favorite Arthur episodes, I enjoyed your analysis on them. In general, I tend to dislike episodes that focus on the babies and the pets. Prunella is not one of my favorite characters either. Well, I think we we kind of A little bit agree there, but I'm sorry that it didn't really work for you. In addition, I really liked your episode on Sue Ellen Gets Her Goose Cooked and Best of the Nest. I, for one, am more of a casual gamer, and I mostly play Nintendo games these days like Mario Kart and Super Smash Bros. Hey, nothing wrong with that. None of those games certainly have not gone out of style. While I speak Cantonese at home, I can help you with a little of the Mandarin spoken at the beginning of Sue Ellen Gets Her Goose Cooked. Yes, we were talking about this. The Chinese girl starts by saying, red, red, red. After that, though, I don't understand what she is saying. Although both languages use the same written script, but there are two variations on Chinese characters simplified and traditional, the spoken languages are very different. There are many more Chinese varieties besides Cantonese and Mandarin. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, the Mac computers alluded to in the latter episode are known as iMac G3s. They are one of the oldest iMac models produced. I really like how they came in many different colors. Lime green would be my pick if computers are designed like that today. Okay, so iMacs. iMac G3s, yes. Uh, My friend at the time had like a tangerine colored one. I liked that a lot. Thank you. That's from Aaron, a.k.a. Young Wee. Thank you, Aaron. This one comes to us from Dylan. Hi, guys. So last week when Kate uttered those words, I got a George Orwell animal farm vibe. He's talking about the words, I guess we're not that different after all, where the animals realize they're higher in social status than the humans they threw out of the farm. While that book used metaphors to represent communism, this episode used the Pal and Kate dream sequences to represent drunken adults. Other than that, it's like Kate and Pal are equal in status to drunken adults. Yeah. In both cases, the reasoning is the same. And for this, I quote the Bible. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Uh, well, babies definitely are, I'd say, a very close analogy to drunken adults. Very needy, uh, very loud, and uh, <laughs> drink a lot. Uh, animals, I'd like to give a little bit more credit. They seem to have a little bit going on behind them, behind the eyes as than uh, adults on the sauce. And I say this as an adult who is on the sauce at least once a week. Uh, thank you, Dylan. P.S., I had a neighbor when I was a kid that I would play with a lot. They also had a dog named Pal. Great name. Needs to come back for uh, for uh, dog names these days. Or animal names. Doesn't have to be a dog. Let's go now to Christine Wong. Hello, Will and Lucas. I've been listening to episodes since since September 2018, and I'm happy to say I'm finally all caught up. Can I just say, that is such a... A wild thing for me, you know, because I'm I'm the one who edits the episodes and uploads them. So I pretty much listened to them twice in recording them and editing them. So when people are just like, "Oh yeah, I'm making my way through the backlog," I'm just like, "How have you not listened to every single episode? How do you do that? I don't understand that." But it's, just, I mean, no, it's not like you guys are editing the podcast with me. It's just I, uh, I, <laughs> it's just funny to me that people haven't yet. Gone through all of the episodes, and that's okay if you haven't. You should definitely consume them at a moderate pace, I would say, if you want to. If you want to go, if you want to go more than that, more than a moderate pace, certainly not going to stop you. It's just kind of funny to me of just like you haven't listened to every single episode. I thought everybody did that. Christine, I love your podcast, and not just because it satisfies the Canadian content requirements all of us Canadians have been trained to have. This is kind of a tangent. I know the two of you met while working in radio, so I apologize if I offend you, but I've always been annoyed with the CRTC Canadian content rules. I hate flipping through the radio stations only to have Drake or The weekend being played on every one. But the podcast you produce is so amazing. Sorry, I, I don't like to read our co- compliments on air. Uh, you, you, know, you know, We really appreciate them. I just don't want to be like, ah, they said this nice thing about us. I, I, I feel the love and I appreciate when you guys say nice things about us. I just don't want to, you know, tooting, tooting my own horn, I guess, or our own horn, I should say. Uh, the podcast has kind of made me change my opinion on the importance of supporting Canadian creators so our media can reflect the nuances that exist in Canadian culture. Because of this, Elwood City Limits is the first Patreon I've contributed to. It warms my heart to know I'm not the only one who remembers the unsettling PSAs they used to air on YTV in the early 2000s. Yes, Christine is one of our newer uh, Patreon subscribers, and my goodness, Christine, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so for those who aren't aware, the CRTC, the Canadian, I should know this because I worked in radio. Oh my gosh. Canadian boy. All right. So uh, I'm sorry. I have to look this up and I feel like such an idiot. Canadian radio, television and telecommunications commission. Uh, they made sure for Canadian broadcasters like radio or television, there has to be a certain amount of Canadian content produced or put on the air every let's say regular interval for me when I was in radio it was there has to be a certain amount of Canadian songs either made by Canadians produced in Canada there's a whole like there's a whole set of guidelines but essentially Canadian songs every hour and I believe it had to be 33 three or 35 percent of all the songs had to be canadian in some way and that's true for all the times that i've been in radio and that doesn't exist necessarily everywhere else but it is true here in canada uh, so it's definitely something that when you work in something like radio, you kind of rub up against of like, ugh, I have to put this many Canadian songs in every hour. Not to say that there aren't great Canadian music or television shows or entertainment, but it can sometimes feel a little bit forced. But it is a good way to understand the talent that you have, like Christine said. She continues on here. However, even though we live in the same country, Canada, since we're on opposite sides, some of the topics you talk about can make me feel like we live in entirely different worlds. I binged your episode so I didn't have to wait for weekly updates on the bagged milk saga. Wow, remember that? Although I was aware of bagged milk being a thing, I had no idea it was so widespread. My jaw literally dropped when I was informed that there are individual bagged milk packaged like Kool-Aid jammers or Capri Suns lady you're not alone needless to say we don't have bagged milk in Vancouver we also don't have east side Mario's although I found it very endearing that it was Lucas's Nana's favorite restaurant well uh, I'd say you're missing out but really if you if you know somebody who's Italian or if you have a local Italian restaurant you're doing just fine Uh, excited to hear your thoughts on Detective Pikachu which is going to be upcoming for all of our patrons once Detective Pikachu is released in theaters patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits for more on that can't wait till you guys reach 3000 so you can buy at virtualgoose.com. It's true. It's a very expensive domain. Uh, Christine, thank you very much. Great email. And thank you for your patronage. We go now to Trenton. Uh, this is uh, titled Fan of SMBX. Uh, after listening to the newest episode where you compare Prunella's character growth favorably to Muffy's, I must say I have to agree. I think a lot of the characters are so lovable because they have hidden depths in addition to what they appear to be or insecurities that we can relate to. For example, Binky and his love of clarinet and ballet, Fern and her shyness. Wait, have any episodes so far been Fern-centric? Maybe this is spoilers that if you're a Fern fan, you should be excited. Ooh, great. I can't wait. And there are some upcoming episodes concerning George that give him extra characterization than always being a wallflower and getting bullied by Binky. In other words, Binky isn't just a bully, and Fern doesn't just walk around school in a detective hat. Even Prunella's getting more characterization about admiring her older sister and wanting to fit in, instead of just pitching in suggestions about how someone needs their tea leaves read. Yeah, she's, uh, she would be getting a little close to Professor Trelawney. Harry Potter reference uh I find that unfortunately Muffy doesn't really seem to have much of a shtick beyond is rich and acts pretentious due to it you could argue that Muffy accidentally alienating herself time after time due to not understanding that most people cannot afford her luxuries is a deeper character trait due to how she gets her feelings hurt but it's a little hard for me to think that due to it not only hurting the feelings of the rest of the cast whenever episodes like these pop up but also because unlike Binky's uh girly interests uh quote unquote, let's say, or Fern's shyness slash lack of self-confidence, Muffy's lack of touch with the poor folks is more of a benefit, because after all, that still has the inherent trait of her being rich, which is something a lot of us can't exactly say we wouldn't want to have. Yeah, it's uh, Muffy's character continues to be uh, a little bit more broad strokes than everybody else. She she sets herself up well as a good antagonist if they ever need one, but I would like a little bit more to grab onto with her. Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. I don't exactly mind having a rich character on the show because this show is meant to show you how you can find all types in your neighborhood. But like I said, Binky is a bully character, yet he manages to elicit sympathy due to him not socially coming out on top in certain aspects. If you had to give Muffy some sort of handicap to offset her dad being rich, what ideas would you have for that? Uh, Trenton, thank you for the email. So, not necessarily handicap in. Um, I I believe Trenton means in the general sense. What kind of character? Fl- well, okay, not character flaw because she has plenty of those. I guess redeeming quality. What would What would I want to do to make Muffy a more complete character? That's hard. Uh, I'm also not good on the spot thinking. I wish I kind of thought about this a little more. So, well, let's let's talk it out. Muffy is a character who is very advantaged and as that has a certain degree of privilege, I guess I would just like stories where she, her privilege is called out. And I know I'm speaking with kind of the 2019 mentality about privilege and everything like that, which kind of didn't become a thing until kind of more recently than say, you know, the year 2000. Um, I'm just kind of over the the one note joke of she's rich and doesn't get it, haha. Ha. And sometimes it's not even a joke; it's just like, oh, that's just annoying. Um, I guess have her kind of be a bit more maybe philanthropic. Uh, I think that's something with a lot of really rich people these days that can kind of create a complexity with real life people that can make them hard to understand, but also relatable. I guess, or at least communicate to you that there's something going on there that maybe you don't see. Uh, If Muffy had kind of a cause to champion that wasn't about herself, maybe if you made her like, like maybe a big animal lover or concerned about the environment or something and not have it be a main character trait but have her care about something beyond herself and her family and her money. And have that be communicated in the way that she spends her money or interacts with her family. You know, maybe her... I don't know why this came up. Maybe Ed Crosswire wants to take over a wildlife preserve and mow it down and make uh, another used car lot or something. And Muffy doesn't really like that. Um, yeah, just a little bit of something that we can latch on to that can go through the episodes. I know I'm asking for quite a bit uh, of a show that's already been airing for 19 years. But that's what I... That's, that's my thoughts. I would love to hear anybody else's, and that's a great question. Trenton, I'm glad that you, you posed that one. We have one more email here uh, from Hernan. It's a little bit longer, but I really like this email, so Hernan, if you don't mind, I would like to read it. Hernan says, I wanted to say that I'm a little over one-third of the way through the series. He means our podcast. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm now that guy laughing to himself on the Metro. Great. I love that. I'm always the guy laughing to himself when it's inappropriate because of podcasts. I've known about the podcast since spring 2017. I almost refused to listen to it because I was angry that someone had beat me to the idea of an Arthur podcast. I completely understand. I'm glad that you did get there eventually. We're happy to have you. Arthur's been my favorite show since I was a little kid. I cannot actually say when I first saw Arthur. He and his friends have always been a part of my life, and even now, I'm still a huge fan. I occasionally try to catch up with the new seasons, but it is harder to do because the flash animations give me a headache. That's a new one. Some of the episodes are pretty entertaining, like the one where Sue Ellen and the Crosswires save the library. Ooh, there you go. There's some development for Muffy. Maybe maybe we get something like that after all. I am happy there are others with an unhealthy obsession about the show. I'd say probably Lucas has a bit more of a healthy obsession. Mine's definitely unhealthy. (laughs) Fair enough. I have been lucky enough to have my older brother and some of my best friends also be huge fans of Arthur, and we often find ourselves quoting very obscure lines from early episodes. Have you ever sat in a Taco Bell parking lot and quizzed your friends on Arthur trivia or watched Arthur's Perfect Christmas on Christmas Eve with your brother as his fiance questions why you're watching a children's show? Not specifically that, but I do have my... Uh, Soon to be wife asking me every year like uh, why are we why are we watching Garfield's Christmas and then by the end she's like oh okay I get it because Garfield's Christmas is great. My saddest moment in my Arthur fandom came on October seventh, twenty sixteen, the exact twentieth year anniversary of the premiere of Arthur. I wore my Arthur T shirt which I had bought off the PBS website. I was heading to class, and as I stood in the elevator of my apartment building, a little girl of three or four years old turned to her mother and asked, Mommy, why is there a mouse on that man's shirt? My heart broke, and so does mine, unfortunately. But Arthur's still there. Maybe they just haven't discovered him yet. Continuing on, I love your commentary on the animal hierarchy, all the professional wrestling references, your continued quest to find the location of Elwood City. It's obviously between Pittsburgh and Erie, Pennsylvania. All right, we, we we kind of put that on the back burner for right now. That was a good like beginning of the podcast thing. I feel like we've more or less got it solved for a general area. Like if somebody got like satellite coordinates, that's a different thing. But it is sort of on the back burner for right now. We need to we need to find a new crusade. And your absolute hate for the worst characters, Cora and the Mrs. Fink kid. I'll randomly add a list of my favorites. I love Binky Fern and Doctor Few. Great triple threat. I my absolute favorite episodes. Uh, would have to be April 9th, Francine's Split Decision, Muffy Goes Metropolitan, and Castles in the Sky, Tipping the Scales. We haven't gotten to any of those yet. Great, I'm glad that there are some good ones in the wings. April 9th is phenomenal for multiple interwoven character stories, the way different characters cope, and the reminder that Arthur and his friends are just children. Split Decision is hilarious, and Goes Metropolitan takes on another dynamic when you realize that Muffy actually spends her birthday in Crown City away from her family though it's never addressed and only noted based on the Moonlight Lantern Parade poster. Uh, Frank Gehry is such a great guest star, and the dinner scene with Dr. Fugue is one of the most sincere. I will also give a shout-out to the episode Lights, Camera, Opera, because it introduced me to Opera, which I'm a huge fan of nowadays. Ooh! Although both are extremely entertaining, I prefer the Arthur version of Carmen over the Hey Arnold version. I would love to see you guys talk about both or even the actual opera. Even better if you could have Rodney Gilfrey make an appearance. We'll see what we can do. I can't say I know that much about opera. Speaking of Hey Arnold, I want to give a shout out to What a Cartoon. Great podcast. And they talked about the Pigeon Man episode of Hey Arnold this week. Check it out. Uh, It's actually a big source of inspiration for the way that I do Elwood City Limits. Finally, uh, Hernan leaves us with a, a quiz bowl link. A few years back, I wrote a small quiz bowl set completely about Arthur. A a small Quiz Bowl set, excuse me. Quiz Bowl is a game played by teams of players where teams earn bonus questions by answering first on the toss-ups. It was written mostly from memory, if that says anything. Aardvark was played by about 12 people on different occasions. I thought you guys would enjoy the questions. Some great questions in here. Man, these are some deep pulls. I gotta say, I don't think I would do terribly well on these since a lot of these are from later episodes I haven't seen or just, like, obscure questions that, unfortunately, I don't know if I would be able to remember uh but i would be willing to take a challenge and that's from hernan thank you Hernan. great e- great email and that's all that's the empty email bag at uh elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com again we apologize we weren't able to get another new episode out to you we're hoping very soon uh i i hope lucas is doing well with his schoolwork, and i hope that you are too it can be a uh, whether you're doing work work or school work or whatever it is that you've got yourself busy with it can be a tough time of year January February but spring will be coming soon and it's gonna be it's gonna be a big one that's for sure uh, that's if you want to send your own emails Elbert city at gmail.com uh, remember to go to uh, Facebook Twitter we're on Instagram and Tumblr. Uh, Patreon.com slash ElwoodCityLimits. I'll leave the links a little light this time around and hope that next time it'll be Lucas and I and Susan, her thoughts, talking about The Boy Who Cried Comet and Arthur and Los Vecinos. Thank you very much for your time and uh, hope you have a great week ahead of you. This is Will Young for Elwood City Limits. We will see you next time and have a great week.